0: <laughs> I think we just had a moment. I think we just had a moment. Well, today we're continuing our series, Positioned for a Miracle, and um, wow, what a couple of weeks. Um, just powerful stuff going on, and, and the whole idea is that we're positioned for a miracle as we live this spirit-filled life. Hey, Carl. Hey, <laughs> bud. Sorry. Good to see you. Um, But as we live this Spirit-filled life, you actually are filled with the Spirit, and then you're led by the Spirit, meaning you follow the Spirit. And as you do that, you are in position to live a miraculous, supernatural, Spirit-of-God-led life, right? We all believe that as Christians who believe in the Holy Spirit, that that's part of the gig. And that's what we've been talking about, that as we are positioned, we see God do the miraculous in us and through us. Two of the miracles that I wanted to share this week, one, that Friday night dinner with the, the young men from our youth, that was really Really awesome to to see God do that. Another miracle is uh, there's this little girl. She's like 16 days old now. Her name is Karis, and and she wasn't supposed to live even hours. Like, they thought maybe she'd have hours, um, maybe a couple days. And and they knew that going in because of the ultrasound and half her heart isn't working. But um, we're now 16 days into that. Uh, Her older sister had a prayer uh, that they'd be able to take her home, And they've been home now for I think about a week. Um, Now the the prognosis is still that she won't live very long, Uh, but it's just amazing when you when you see life in that perspective, where every day is truly a miracle. And so they've taken hundreds of pictures of this little girl. They um, you know have the kids. They have three other kids. They have all these. You know, pictures of the kids holding this little girl. And, and, of course, they've been able to sing over her and rejoice over her. And it's a strong Christian family. But that's a miracle to me. I mean, the doctor said they might, she might even be alive when she comes out, if she comes alive, because her heart isn't working maybe a couple of hours. And we're on day 16. Another miracle, um, uh, during second service, right before I came up to preach, we hear the news from Trevin's dad, uh, please please call, there's an emergency. And we found out that Trevin, my stepson, 14-year-old stepson's uh, 61-year-old grandma shot and killed herself uh, Sunday morning, and so that's why my family's not here. They're all over in Spokane. The memorial service was yesterday, but church, you've been a miracle to to that boy. Um, I love Trevin, but I found out that many of you love him as well. Uh, It was an encouragement to me, but the encouraging thing for me was that in Trevin's moment of crisis, he wanted to be here. Um, In fact, so to try to figure out how to tell him uh, after Mary led worship she took him for a drive and, and, and told him on the drive well, when the drive was over he asked if he could come back to church which was extremely powerful for us and then that night he asked if he could come to youth group which was extremely powerful for us and then uh, Sean Milhorn, praise the Lord for Sean and Cameron and the whole group but uh, Sean uh, hung out with Trevin this week in, uh, and he's been hanging out with us too so there's a miracle in that that um, as much as it's just devastating and, and awful um, it has been neat to see uh, Trevin actually feel like he has a family here that loves him and cares for him. And so um, that means a lot to me as a pastor. Um, in fact, I can see probably that could be one of my biggest offenses if I didn't think that was true. Um, but hallelujah for you guys as you have loved him. So a miracle, a miracle. And what I'd say with that one is... You guys have been led by the Spirit in that at different times and and different texts, different calls, just at the right time. And Sean, I was just talking about you. Thank you for hanging out with Trevin uh, this week and and just the miracle that is um, that you loved on my boy. And and it really is being led by the Spirit. In fact, if we could just spend the rest of the time and you guys could all give me examples of this week, something you did, something you said as you were led by the Spirit. Because that's what he does. It's not like some crazy thing that happens once every, you know, five, ten years. It's what he does every day of our lives and it's interesting I as a Christian like I'm just like so thankful that the Holy Spirit is in my life and if you're living that Holy Spirit filled and Holy Spirit led life you know right like praise the Lord for the Holy Spirit but I've noticed that the Holy Spirit in our society even in certain church circles um, when I mention the Holy Spirit people squirm in fact, I know that sometimes you leave just because you have to go to the bathroom. But if, if I'm going to get people to leave our church and, and like walk out in the middle of the sermon, just start talking about the Holy Spirit. And that's when they're like, all right, I, you know, I didn't know it was one of those Holy Spirit churches. And so, so people get out. Uh, and, in fact, that happens when I'm, you know, it, it, it was a golf, it was kind of, it was rainy, it was, no one's on the golf course. And there was another man there, this is a couple years ago, uh, he was an older man, probably 60, 65, and uh, he... Uh, say hey can I join up with you and golf with you I was like yeah that'd be great um, which was weird because literally no one else was out there but he, he and I joined together and, and we played and I, I remember it was at around hole 13 he found out I was a pastor and, <laughs> and if you've ever played golf golf can be kind of frustrating and sometimes you say things that you wish you didn't say in golf so he, um, he's like he just you know feels awful he's embarrassed you know I, I'm so sorry and, and if you guys know me I'm fine I'm like that's fine you know relax you know it's all good but then, the other funny thing, this happens when I get haircuts too. The minute I tell people I'm a pastor, people feel like they're obligated to say something kind of spiritual or like, one, I'm not even joking. One time, my hairdresser, I, and I like to go to different places so I can talk about Jesus. And this one lady, I told her I was a pastor, and she's like, oh, because my grandma goes to church. And, <laughs> and that one, I'll never forget that, because the woman was like, she was just trying to find some connection. Just, you know, like, oh, yeah, I have Grandma Gertrude in Texas. I think she goes to church. <laughs> so, yeah, my grandma goes to church. But this man, we're, we're hanging out, and, he, and, he, and it was a really inter- interesting conversation because he, he talked about how he actually believed in God. He, he talked about how he actually believed that Jesus was real. But then he told me, he said, just don't start talking to me about that Holy Spirit. He literally said, just don't start talking to me about that Holy Spirit stuff. Kind of implying that he believed in the God who created the universe, he believed in the Son of God who died on the cross for our sins, but he couldn't believe in the Holy Spirit, who we all know is the third member of the Trinity, co-equal, co-eternal member of the Trinity, but he just couldn't believe the Holy Spirit was real, and if he was real, right, he didn't want anything to do with him. Well, knowing me, you know, I had to say something so I I told him I said well I don't know how you could live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit and I tell you the same thing and I say that often in this church because one of the missions I feel like God has given me as a pastor is to normalize the Holy Spirit meaning that he is not just something for weirdos that live out in mountains that wear weird clothes the Holy Spirit is for all of us it's supposed to be a natural part of the Christian walk and so that's why I say Holy Spirit so often so that we don't squirm we don't get uncomfortable the Holy Spirit a natural part of the Christian walk and yet I mean again it's like in America it's a curse word I mean have you noticed that it's just weird the reactions you get when you say the Holy Spirit and this man I you know it's just like wow he believes it all except for Holy Spirit. Now, of course, we know there's probably some pain involved in that. There's probably some weird experience that happened that he wants to run away from. Uh, you know, we misuse the Holy Spirit in many ways. But I just want to encourage us not to be afraid of him, but to embrace him. And so just again, I just want to share some scriptures to, to again, just that he would, we'd be familiar with the Holy Spirit. We want to get anxious and stressful and sweaty palms when he is mentioned, but we'd actually want to know him a little better. So listen to this: First Corinthians 3:16. It says, do you not know, so this would be speaking to all of us, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, dwells in you? So as a Christian, you're the temple of God. Have you ever heard that before? That you used to have to go to a temple, but now because of Jesus, the Holy Spirit has come in you, and now the, the temple is in you. And who resides in the temple? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. I love that verse. Uh, it could have been wine. It could have been anything. Anything that you would take. Any kind of substance that you would fill yourself up with other than the Holy Spirit. That he's saying, no, you don't need those things. You need the Holy Spirit. So guess what? When you ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean you're some weird freak that goes to that one church that does those one things. It just means you're a normal Christian that actually wants to be filled with the Spirit of God. Romans eight eleven. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you do you believe that the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised christ jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you that's pretty crazy saying that the holy spirit raised jesus from the dead that same spirit resides within you pretty pretty powerful stuff there did you know you believe that <laughs> isn't that funny like we're like oh yeah i'm a christian and then you read something like that Wait, I, what? I, I believe that. What? Yeah, you do. <laughs> you just don't know it yet. Romans eight nine. I love this one. However, you are not in the flesh. This is the you, but we are not in the flesh, but in the what? Spirit. If indeed this this is a, this is a big one. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Him. So again, it's part of the deal. If you don't have the spirit in you. You don't belong to Christ. Does that make sense? It is part of the deal. We hear that in Ephesians. You're sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's telling you that you are His and He is yours and you're going to be in heaven forever. The Holy Spirit is in you. I want to be clear this morning. This is why I loved waking up this morning. Because I love talking about God to His people. I want to be clear. If you're not familiar with the Holy Spirit, become familiar with the Holy Spirit. Study the Holy Spirit. Read about the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Talk to Him as if He was actually inside of you and if He actually wanted to listen to you. And here's one. As you pray to Him, as you talk to the Holy Spirit, if He tells you something, obey Him. You know, that's what we talked about last week, right? Obey Him. Give Him permission to flow like living water through your life. Have you ever done... I, I just encourage you, if you're praying, the Holy Spirit, would you come... Would you teach me? Would you guide me? Holy Spirit, I need help. Holy Spirit, right now I surrender because what I'm doing is a mess. I need direction. I need your guidance. Have you ever done that? Are you kidding me? The first time I met my stepson, after you know, I found out in the news, before I said se- just I was speaking in tongues. I was asking the Lord to fill me, to teach me, to give me what I needed. And I think all I said was like a hug, and I love you. And I love being your stepdad. I think that's what I said. But that's what the Lord asked me to say. So I just want to encourage you, the, the Holy Spirit so important. That's why church is amazing, isn't it? Church is so good because we're not here just to get all intellectual and like, I'm going to study the Word of God, like it's some history text that we're studying. When we come to church, we're actually in the temple of God, hanging out with other brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing that the Holy Spirit is here, but He's also here in us. I mean, that's what's, I mean, that's why, don't, like, what else could compare to being at church on a Sunday morning when you know that you are hanging out with your brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing that the Spirit is here, he's speaking, he's leading, that during worship, all the things that the Lord was speaking to me. As you hear these songs, you make me brave, as, as Karen was singing that song, doesn't that just kind of hit to some of your deeper insecurities and deeper struggles, and, and you're like, but Jesus, you make me brave, and I will go out into the waters, I mean, the power of knowing that the Spirit is here, knowing that He's speaking to you. I just want to encourage you in that. And i I said this so many times, I want to say it again, the Christian life is impossible to live without Him. Maybe you've tried that, you've professed to be a Christian, and then you don't live by the Holy Spirit, and you're miserable. Well, here's some reasons why. Here's some of His roles. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that He distributes spiritual gifts to us according to His will. Did you know that He wants to give you gifts? Have you ever thought of that? I want to encourage you, if you're a new Christian, or you've never heard of the Holy Spirit before, He actually wants to resource you, like today, with the things that you need to live for God today. Spiritual gifts. John 14 tells us that he comforts us. You ever need comfort? I need comfort. He tells us that he teaches us. Ephesians 1 tells us that the Holy Spirit is a seal of a promise on our hearts until the day of Jesus' return. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our counselor. John 16, if we are willing, he leads us in the way we should go. and He leads us into all truth. Isn't that nice to know in a world that is just so full of relative truth and this and that and just kind of a chaos of information and knowledge that the Holy Spirit actually leads us into truth? I mean, have you been on Facebook? Facebook is crazy or Twitter or any of those. They're just all the different truths that are out there. But to know that the Holy Spirit is leading you into all truth. Luke twelve twelve tells us he even teaches us the words that we ought to say have do you have that confidence do you have that kind of relationship with jesus that kind of relationship with the holy spirit where you know that he's giving you the words to say i I think maybe i was meeting with you about it and i was saying yeah that when you talk that you can know that you know follow me as i follow christ That as i talk the words of christ are speaking in me and through me as i surrender to the holy spirit you just have a confidence he is in you and he's with you and he's leading you and the minute the flesh rises up and you say there's something that isn't of god you what do you do you repent i'm sorry lord fill me up again Lead me again that's just the Christian walk full of the Holy Spirit. Do you have that power this morning? Just think about it. Do you have that power within you this morning? If you don't, pray to him. As I'm blabbing away today, just pray to him and say, God, would you fill me? God, would you lead me? God, would you help me? You know, right? we, we go to so many different people, so many different things for help. And yet Jesus says, he's like, I am leaving why? To give you a helper. That the Father might give you a helper. I want to encourage you. Pray. Do, do not resist Him. Paul has some pretty harsh words in the book of Acts and Ephesians and First Thessalonians. In the Gospel of Mark, there's some pretty harsh words for those who resist or speak against the Holy Spirit. Be careful with that. Don't resist Him, but trust Him. Trust Him. You can always trust the Spirit. He's not going to lead you to sin. If he leads you into all truth, he's not going to lead you to sin. He might lead you into areas where you might be tempted. Have you noticed that? He leads you into some pretty um, intense situations. I mean, he even leads Jesus into the wilderness. But the beautiful thing about that is he also always gives you a way out, doesn't he? he? He gives you a way out so that you can endure temptation and not be overtaken by it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The Holy Spirit, he's molding you in these situations. Sometimes he lets you go in the fire so that you might be refined and changed, and molded, and transformed to be more like Jesus Christ. He's your helper, walking by the Spirit. So important, yet we don't do it. But do it. I'm just saying right now, if you say you believe in Jesus, follow the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus, follow the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus, believe in the Holy Spirit. I just want to, I, I hope I can say it like a thousand times today, that we just Begin to relax in the Holy Spirit. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because this will have a huge impact in your life. Yeah, I mean, you can preach a thousand sermons and no one will be changed, right? (laughs) Words are just words. But right now there's the atmosphere of being able to receive the Holy Spirit and have a move, breathe, live in your life. To help you. Right now. There's that atmosphere. And regardless of what you've done. Where you've been. The glory of God. That he is here right now. By his spirit. And I just want to encourage you. As you are open to his moving in your life. You actually begin to live the life that he's called you to live. You can live that life of humility. The humility that says. You know what? I can't do it on my own. In fact I've tried on my own. But I'm waving the white flag. I surrender. The humility that says. You know what? I'm not coming to you Jesus as a last resort. I'm coming to you right now. In the morning. Saying God I need you the obedience, the obedience that says to Jesus who says, man, if you love me, obey my commands. What is my command? To love God, the Lord your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as yourself. Okay, Jesus, I obey you. I will love even my enemies. I'll love them. And I'll even love myself. And Jesus, I'll love <laughs> even politicians, you know, whoever that person is. I, I will obey your commands to love. And Jesus, I will obey your Holy Spirit. And now we're talking about this idea of, Giving, and, and I think you'll enjoy it. I think it's going to be an impactful day. Giving, it's this posture, it's this attitude of giving Jesus what we have. Not giving what we wish we had, <laughs> not giving what we think someday we might have, but giving to the Lord what we have right now. Being open, honest, transparent before the Lord, saying, you know what, God, this is what I have. Here I am. I give it to you. Have you ever just woken up in the morning just so depressed and discouraged? I wake up des- depressed often in the morning. And, and you're mad because you're like, well, how, how, how does that even happen? Like, I haven't even had a chance to sin yet, you know? <laughs> and yet, you know, often I wake up discouraged. But what do you do? You go, God, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. This is how I'm feeling. And I just really need your spirit to speak to me and to encourage me. I had some dreams uh, when I was in Ghana that were just evil, just evil dreams. And I'd wake up, Someone later told me it was because of the malaria medication I was on. So I guess it gives weird dreams. But I'd have to wake up. I was just like, in the name of Jesus, like, get out of here. Like Satan and all your minions, just leave this place. And, and so you just kind of give, you know, it's, it's not like you're really strong in that moment. It's not like you're you know, like, oh, I'm just like a mighty warrior for God. No, you're, you're kind of vulnerable. You're kind of weak. But what do you do? You just give who you are. Jesus, I give you myself. Would you, you know, Psalm 35, would you be my defender? God, would you fight for me in this moment? So give the Lord what you have. And when you give him what you have, now I'm telling you, church, and I, so you would agree with me if you've walked with the Lord long enough, sometimes when you feel like you're giving the smallest amount, you know, when you have nothing to, to give, isn't that when he does the biggest miracles? <laughs> Anyone else knows that? When you're at the, I mean, you're at the end, like the end. And then you thought you were at the end, and then you realized that wasn't the end. Have you ever had that moment? And in those moments, it's amazing when you give yourself to the Lord. He does amazing miracles with seemingly not very much. We, we have a lot of examples of this in the Bible. Jesus turned water into wine. Listen to this story. On the third day, a wedding took place at Canaan in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Jesus' disciples, they had been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said, Hey, there's no more wine. Woman, why, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. His mother says to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used for the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding about 20, 30 gallons. Jesus said to his servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. The master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He realized he didn't know where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best till now. All the servants had they just have these big stone pots, right? And and they're not wine pots. They're the, the pots that were used for washing the hands. And I love this miracle because it shows Jesus didn't need much, did he, to do the miraculous? I mean, it's his first recorded miracle, and he performs it by just using some pots. I love that because sometimes we get trapped into the lie that we have to bring Him something more than what we have. Have you ever done that? Where or you compare yourself to someone else, you're like, well, they have all that, but I only have this. And yet God just says, you know what? Jars, I'm good with that. I, I can work with that. We'll, we'll make that work. Don't you know He could have probably used anything that they had? They, they just had to give it to Him, and He performs the miracle. But sometimes we, we just... I don't know if this is in you but sometimes this has been in me it's it's the feeling it's the attitude of kind of feeling like your jars aren't enough right I said I don't know if I, I mean I believe in God and miracles I believe he does all this but I just don't know if what I have right now is, is going to work for God to perform a miracle I find this attitude in people who are still kind of riding the fence still waiting to really jump in and follow God and, and there's many of you in this room, but. it's that feeling of, man, I don't have anything to give. It's the idea of, you you feel like maybe you have to figure things out first, or maybe you have to get certain things in order before you really jump in and participate in God's plan for your life, right? I mean, I'll give my life to Jesus after I clean up a little bit, right? I'll, I'll give my life to Jesus after I get... Out of debt. Or after I conquer my addiction. Have you ever done that one? Where you're like, after I get over this, you know, whatever the thing is that keeps on bringing you shame. After I conquer that, then I'll really give my life to Jesus. But Jesus tells us something completely different. He says, you know what, just give what you got. Like right now, in this moment, just give him what you have. And he will perform a miracle. Feeding of the 5,000, listen to this, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, it's already getting late, send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus said, whoa, whoa, they don't need to go away, you give them something to eat. We only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered, bring it here. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, broke the loaves. He gave them to the disciples. The disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. Again, they just, they give Jesus what they have, right? Doesn't seem like a lot, but look what Jesus does. He performs a miracle. This has happened so often in my life. Uh, in so many different areas. In, in my health, I think about in Spokane at the, the church I was at, we would do five Easter services. And, and it was a lot, you know, like 2,500 people, I think, in that place. And, and I, like, I lose my voice now. I, I don't know if you know this. I lose my voice all the time when I'm singing and when I'm preaching. I'll lose my voice today by the time I'm done. But you can only imagine with all the rehearsals and with all the practices and these five services. I never went into Easter thinking, "Man, I'm just feeling really strong and man, my voice is like an angel and this is gonna be awesome." No, every Easter, I was like, "Oh God, how am I going to do this? My voice is a mess. I I mean, this isn't gonna work. And what 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 would I be doing in that place? What do you think I'm doing?" I am on my knees, I'm speaking in tongues, I'm praying, I'm also drinking a lot of hot tea with lemon, I mean, I mean it's, it's thousands upon thousands of people have tried to encourage me to drink hot tea with lemon, I get it, I'm drinking the hot tea with lemon, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, they would just, wow, you know, like the intensity of it all, and then don't you know, after that fifth service was over, sometimes I'd just bawl, I'd just cry, because I knew that God had given me just enough to be able to be a part of the miracle that he was doing, over in Spokane. Financially, you know, my marriage, the first couple of years we've talked about this a lot. We weren't really proud. We're not proud of how we handled our finances the first couple of years. We, didn't, we weren't proud of how we were giving to the Lord. But it was just incredible as we grew in that area and, and we grew in giving. It's amazing what the Lord has done as we've put our faith in Him in regards to our money, in regards to our finances. I'm telling you, we have seen more miracles in the financial realm since we began to give to him and just truly put our trust in him than, than ever before in my life. It's amazing the miracles he's performed as we've given him what we have. In relationships, after my fiancé called off the wedding, man, I just felt like I had nothing to give, right? If you've ever been there, this, we all say the same thing. I'm never getting in a relationship again, right? Because it's just brutal. It hurts. I was empty. I was broken. And I, and I was in that place for a long time. But then the Lord convicted me through the words of my senior pastor. And, and I realized through his wisdom that I had put my trust in women. I had put my trust in relationships instead of putting my trust in the Lord. But Praise the Lord. God was ready to do a miracle in me. Hallelujah. What was the miracle? He convicted me of my sin. Have you ever thought about that? Being the miracle in your life? That the Lord actually convicts you of your sin? Hallelujah. Because you know what happens when he convicts you of your sin you actually repent you're broken free is there a better miracle than being broken free of a sin that you were trapped in talk about a miracle of God set free because I was convicted I said Lord I repent I'm sorry you know what it was it was idolatry, right I had put something else before God I repented I rededicated my life to the Lord I gave the Lord and think about what I gave my, the Lord at that moment so when I repent and when I rededicate my Lord I am giving the Lord a messed up broken out of order heart right just a heart that needed like crazy surgery needed the er of the holy spirit to do some work but i gave him that that heart and he began to radically perform miracle in me and through me hallelujah see the key is that we give him what we have right now and sometimes it doesn't feel like we have a lot to give but god can do the supernatural miraculous we read the story he can move mountains with what with the Faith the size of a mustard seed. So you don't have to wait till you have it all together to exercise your faith. Whatever you have, no matter how small it seems, you just bring it to Him. Whatever faith you have, as small as a mustard seed, you just bring it to God. And watch what He does. Watch what He does. Remember, the miracle, by the way, when you're talking about the miracle, who does the miracle? Is it us or God? God. Absolutely. It's about God performs the miracle. All we have to do is honestly in humility in obedience give ourselves to god in our stubbornness we don't want to give anything to the lord right and if we're going to give it to him it's after we've already followed the 10 steps to being with god for a couple of years and then once we're really proud of ourselves now i will give you myself instead of right now in our brokenness and the depravity of our sins say god just rescue me i need your your grace to cover me to shower me i need your spirit to fill me and to lead me and it's amazing how he does that. He actually responds to those prayers. Again, some of the biggest miracles when we feel like we have nothing to give. I love 2 Corinthians 4, 7. I actually read a guy talking about this in a book uh, last week. He, he writes, or, or the, he, he used this scripture to make a point, and I, I love it. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from who? From God and not from us. Isn't that amazing how God can actually display his power in, in some pots, right? In some jars of clay. He, he even moves in power when, when we don't feel like we have anything to give. Look at 2 Corinthians 12.9. Look at what Jesus says. He says, my power is made perfect in weakness. Say that with me. My power is made perfect in weakness. So again, being positioned for a miracle, it's not about how we feel. It's not about how strong we think we are in ourselves. It's always about him and his power at work in us. But you have to turn to him, right? You have to give him what you have, even if it feels like you have nothing to give. Is that making sense? I hope it is this morning. Because uh, I, I just, I want to encourage you. Do not wait till you have it all together to give your life to the Lord. Give him what you have. I mean, some of it, we just struggle with that. We want to perform for the Lord, right? We want we want to just show Him how great we are. But sometimes, just in our brokenness, you have to give the Lord what you have. I have some people in my life that should be here this morning, and they're not here this morning. And And they're just fighting with God. You have people like that in your life, right? You know they should be here. And yet, they just, they won't give. They won't surrender. They won't, there's just that stubbornness within their flesh to not come just run to the, to come on your knees Lord Jesus I give you what I have come do a miracle in me so I, I want to invite the worship team to come back up because some of you need a miracle to happen right now in your life you feel like you have nothing to offer but what you have gives to the Lord and I believe he's gonna do mir- miracles the miraculous supernatural this morning So worship team, as they come out, they're going to just sing a couple of songs. I'm going to invite you guys to sing with them. And some of you, as they sing these songs, just use the time to pour out your heart to the Lord. You know, worship. There's a lot of different ways churches worship. And I'm not going to say which one is right or which one is wrong. Let it not be about a style of worship today. Let it be about your heart. If you need to give him your heart this morning to pour out your life in worship to the Lord... Use these songs to do that. I I love the story. I was reading the story of Mary when she took the perfume and what she did, she pours it on Jesus. Isn't that just one of the most beautiful things? And no one understands it. Like what are you, are you kidding me? She takes her hair, remember, wipes his feet with her hair. Isn't that the attitude that God wants us to have with our lives? That we would pour out our lives. Just give him all that we have and trust him to do what only he can do. And so I'm going to be standing over here, available to pray for you. Cindy's going to be in the back, available to pray for you. We'll have some people over here uh, to pray. And you guys, actually the prayer team, if you guys want to move to your places right now. And um, if you would just stand. James five fourteen fifteen says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. And the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Hallelujah. So whatever you have going on, bring it to the Lord. Let Him heal you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Give. Everyone say give. 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 What? Give all of your worries. Give all of your cares to God. For He cares about you. Let's do that again this morning, church. Let's give the Lord. Not what we think we're going to give them tomorrow. Not, you know, next year or five years or ten years. Right now. There's not a better time than right now to authentically, transparently, in a vulnerability, be open to the Lord. To pour out. Pour out our lives. Jesus, here we are. Here's what we have. It feels like nothing to me. But I pray that you would do the miraculous supernatural as I give you my life. Let's do that now.